It was a weird day, you guys. It it was weird. So here we are. Well, you you didn't have a you didn't have a sitting senator tell you that your hands were soft. So I think I win. Yeah, horrifying. <sighs> Do you think he said that just because he hopes that you'll talk about him more? But I mean, like he's going. That, he's retiring. What? What? What good would talking about him do? And also, is that oh, what you true. want people to talk about? Is that you <laughs> called a man's hands soft? No, not personally. I mean, I don't know. I don't really agree with like the whole any PR is good PR. So yeah, because we talked for ten minutes about how it was super strange. So <laughs> we did. Now it's I really strange. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, we need to get started because my ice cream's melting. Oh yeah. Are you? Sh- right now you two are eating <laughs> no, ice cream no, see, in front now, of me but see now now we're gonna have to beep that part out because you're not allowed to curse this is a pg, PG it's true hold on you're allowed to have like two you guys words start this you start this and i'll be back in two seconds all right bye by the way this uh oatmeal cookie raisin oh. crunch swirl is uh, brought to you by young's jersey dairy go to youngsdairy.com for all your ice cream needs Mm-mm, good i do love it I have a problem feeling left out. Hey. Hey, what'd you get? <laughs> Briars. Uh, Boo. <laughs> cream. Boo. This, this uh, podcast is not brought to you by Briars. Okay. Well, we'll go ahead and get started. That'll be like a good little segue, especially yeah. now that I pointed out that it'll be a good little segue. Um, oh, here's look. a little ice cream for you. <laughs> oh, that'd be such a good podcast. You could do reviews of different ice cream across the midwest listen ellen we're doing too many podcasts listen ellen i'm currently on two and the third one's about to get started here in the next month so let's pause pause hey get it because there's a cat marge is there pause (laughs) let's pause the uh, podcast thoughts because i I don't have enough time creed thoughts um i hope that marge gets close enough to the mic that it picks up her purring right now i hope so too if you listen to Um, the the cat episode of scarlet's you will hear oscar for half a second Kelly held him up to my mic and he That's cute. That's what a cat sounds like. I'm surprised she hasn't tried to swat at me yet because normally she... So, not that the podcast world needs to know this, but Marge Marge has cancer. And so now that she has cancer, anything that's safe for a cat to eat that's human food, Marge gets to try, which means that she now thinks that she gets all of the food. So... Here we are. Is yogurt um, safe for cats? Because, like, I let my cat lick my yogurt cup when I was done the other day. I don't see why not. Dairy in general is, like, in very slight moderation for cats. Yeah, right. did she eat a whole pint? So. No, it was just, like, just the remnants of my oh, yogurt. Oh, okay. That's fine. She really wanted it, and I thought it was cute, so well, I, I mean, let her lick it. Here, here's the answer. When was it? It was last week. Then and is she still, still alive? Then it's yeah, fine. we're good. It's okay. fine. Mm-hmm. As Ellen says, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> okay. So welcome back to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for you. I'm Ellen Cernko. I'm Ellie Hicks. And I'm John Young. Live from Young's Jersey Dairy. Ooh, live Ooh. in the, the Young's Jersey Dairy podcast studio, a.k.a. party room. <laughs> did you see our screen? Look at our screen. I do see your screen. I did that. I, I had 12 minutes of work to do this morning, and that was about four of it, so... We actually have screens on the outside screens saying there's a podcast being recorded right now. So oh, quick that's fancy. Yeah. I mean, we're we're up there. We're official. See her? Just like in the corner. She really wants soccer. to be a part of this episode. Yeah, that's she right. She really does. Isn't this I'm episode about cats? Mm. cats? Cats and marketing? And ice cream. Mm. It's true. All right. Well, 
what this is actually about this week. Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to talk about all of our favorite tools, free and paid, um, to help you get started on your marketing. So I really love this idea because I don't know where I would be as a digital marketer without like all of the tips and tricks and tools that I've found over the years. Um, So I'm really excited to talk about these. They make our lives easier. They sure do. And Ellen has some great tools because let me tell you, I think I've gotten all of my ideas of what to use for things from Ellen. I don't think I, I don't think any of these were my original idea. I think everything I use was literally from Ellen. So go you. And see, once once Ellen is in charge of the credit card receipts, she'll quit finding new tools for us to incorporate. <laughs> It's like t-shirts. Okay, like, hey, we're let's gonna talk about free and. Paid. Oh, okay, all right. Well, good. I want to hear about some of these free options that <laughs> you may, maybe more, came up yeah. with. Hmm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, I feel like I can't take credit for these either because I feel like each of these, some coworker at some point has showed shown has shown to yeah. me over the years. Yes. Sure. Um. So sorry, I gotta take care of my cat. Um. Bye, Marge. So shout out to if you've been a coworker of mine in the last since I've been in the professional realm since 2017 shout out to all of you john none of these are from you oh i'll eat i'll eat ice cream quietly (laughs) sit in the corner eat your ice cream actually that's a lie the ones you pay for i guess you could count as like from you (laughs) thank you i appreciate that that's so kind of you to give me some credit for the ones that i pay for um but i feel like so one of the other reasons i wanted to do this topic and like the reason behind this podcast is because we don't really believe in like information gatekeeping at Shadow Out Design. We think that like we want to give you as much information as you can um, so that you can go out and be successful. Um, and I feel like sometimes one of the things that people gatekeep are like the tools that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to give you the tools that we use in order to be successful every day. Um, these aren't all of them. I did not ask the rest of the team. Like I didn't ask Rachel and Sheba what they use, which I should have because um, Rachel has like some really good um some really good tools, which we found out was it last week. She gatekeeps those. She's us. a gatekeeper. Well, I mean, in fairness, <laughs> uh, John doesn't read all of her blogs thoroughly. It wasn't really gatekeeping per se. It was more, <laughs> did John follow up on the things that he said he followed up on, which is my fault. <laughs> but in fairness, even if I, I mean, it was a cool tool, uh, but I, I don't write blog posts for clients or me. Actually, I did write two blog you posts. Don't? I did write two blog posts on one flight. So get ready, nice. get ready to review them. For I, Shout It Out Design? Wait, like I, blog posts for Shout Out Design? Yes. Oh my Two gosh. In an hour long flight. Boom. I was clickety clack. I'm so proud. Wow. At 930 at night after a long, long week. Can't wait to read those. After my hands were soft by you know, yeah. the senator. It was, it was a weird week. So I felt like I needed to get some creativity out. So I've got two blogs coming. But anyway, Excellent. back back to the earlier point. I don't write a lot of blogs. So like that, uh, the, you know, the blog title generator thing, whichever, what was, what was the name of it? I don't even remember. I don't remember. Sorry, yet. Rachel. We we, we, we stink. Like we, <laughs> we, love and, we love and support you. We just don't remember things also, that everyone Also, that tool says. didn't even make it on our list of things we're going to talk about I know. That's why looking at <laughs> no. your notes. I was like, did it make it? Nope. All right. Well, sure I guess didn't. I can guess no. I can go to it. We stink. So, yeah, some of these, I, some of the things I listed or we listed, it kind of goes across the boards. So, like, there are things to help, you know, like... If you're not a graphic designer, it can help you pretend to be one. Mm-hmm. Um, you will not actually be one. I don't want any graphic designers coming after me. Um, and then some of them help with, you know, like training or emailing clients or scheduling social media posts. Um, we didn't actually talk a lot about like 
writing in general, but like we focused more on like tools for other digital marketing services and then like building websites and all that fun stuff. Man, I haven't found any like writing tools that are overly helpful. Like I think most of the writing tools, I mean, I've got some apps on my iPad that are like, um, I can't think of the names of them, but it's like clear all the stuff out. So you're like just on a white piece of paper. So mm. distraction-free mm. writing. I mean, I'm, you guys write more than I do. Rachel, same. I, I I don't write all that often, so it's not something I really seek out. But those, like when I was writing the uh, the two blog posts, <laughs> so good, so good. They're going to be so good and informative. They're oh just going to just you know skyrocket our traffic up to three. They might. I mean, so up to three <laughs> from two to three. That's a sixty-six percent increase, right? Give us some more 30, credit. Thirty-three. Half, half, two to three is half. I can do math. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I writing I, blogs, doing math. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm multifaceted CEO here. So yeah, I, I, I do, I do prefer the distraction-free approach when I'm like typing things out, just because mm-hmm. I, 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 I get uh, distracted by shiny bells and whistles. So if I could just see yeah. like just the words I'm putting down, that's fine. Same, and like when I'm writing, when I'm doing my blog writing, I have to have so I can't have a silent room. But I can't have music on that has words. So anytime I'm writing a blog, I have to listen to like piano jazz or something because like I can't have I can't like my thoughts are too like like I don't know. I can't concentrate if it's just like an empty, like quiet room, but I can't have the TV on. I can't have music with words, anything that's going to distract my thoughts. So I have found that I just listen to like jazz or I really like piano. So piano jazz. Piano jazz. Yeah. And that's how I write. When I have to really focus I have on something, a that's what I'm for doing. You. Ellie, um, so I really like listening to like jazz or classical as well, um, but sometimes they can make me a little bit sleepy. Um, so I found this playlist that it takes like pop hits and it's like the instrumental version oh, of Oh, I them. love that. Yeah. Send that. So good. Send that so, along. So good. 10 out of 10. It's like basically just they took Bridgerton and like did that to like. I love that. Like some T Swift with a, a little it's so instrumental. Yeah. I was rocking to Mumford. That's Vitamin and String Quartet, mm-hmm. in case you were wondering. They're Vitamin great. String. They're still quartet. around? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They did like our, our they did our, like our high school, like one of their songs that came out in like 2000. Hmm. Like those are like our high school, like, you know, walking down the aisle. They're still around. Wow. Good, good for them. Shout outs. Shout out to you guys. You're doing good things. You're rocking. You could also you could this, maybe introduce uh, blue bluegrass. Yeah. Now that you're in, you know, we we met a bluegrass. Yeah, you know, we did. I'm, I'm into bluegrass now. So <laughs> she's a big bluegrass. You and my dad. I actually Clark do like bluegrass, bluegrass though. Wondering. Like I, I like all music if it's live. So like, there was a polka <laughs> band. Fair. Like there was a polka band at uh, Mother <laughs> Stewart's, and I was like, I really want to go. Okay. And see this polka band, and I had to like pretty much beg my friend because she's like, it's polka music, and I'm like, I think I like all music if it's live. Okay. And I was like, especially bluegrass. Like I don't just sit around and listen to bluegrass, but like if there was a bluegrass band playing somewhere, I would want to go see them. Okay. So. We really went off on a tangent. Yeah, Sorry, okay. Ellen. This Sorry. Is, this uh, is uh, Midwest, marketing tools. Thoughts, Ellie. Midwest conversation one hundred and one. Yeah. What was that? Um, do you know Creed thoughts? Yes. We're gonna start in Ellie thoughts. Yes. Grandma Ellie thoughts. Grandma Ellie thoughts. Should, hey. In fairness, there should also be a John thoughts because I, I, there isn't a conversation that I have also that fair. I don't ninety degree it at least twelve times. Also, though, how long how long did it take me to realize that you guys changed my name in Basecamp? <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? Because I, <laughs> I just two weeks ago did it. I just noticed <laughs> it yesterday. 
Oh, I'm so happy that that moment came out right now. Oh, that's great. This is my favorite podcast episode of all time. We John and I have been pinging each other randomly and laughing um, at you directly at you. It was well. It was it was uh it was last week's episode, wasn't it? Or two up? Ep- yeah. It feels like it's been a long time. I think it was. Two, it, I think it was two weeks. Two weeks ago. It was when yeah, you were at your mom's house. Rachel was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I keep on thinking Rachel was last week. That's really funny. Yeah, it was when I was uh, in and out of internet connection yes. and you guys didn't care about oh, me. Oh, I'm so Only happy. to make fun of me. Oh, let's just end the show now. It's not going to get any better than that. Okay, so yeah, I was in. Any hoodle. I was, first off, I realized I went into that, um, our group chat that I no longer was getting notifications for. And I was like, wow, okay, they kicked me out of the notifications. I wonder mm. why. And then we'll let you know about that later. And then I went to update a task and I panicked. <laughs> this is a true story. Like I panicked because it said like on one of my comments where I just like copied and pasted an email that I wrote. It said Ellie Hicks. What is it? Grandma? Grandma Ellie. Grandma Ellie. Or Grandma Hicks. Or, oh my gosh. No, it's not Grandma Hicks because that would have struck a nerve. Oh, okay, because like yeah. grandma, my Jumping. grandma is Grandma Hicks. Okay. So I think it's Grandma Ellie. It's Grandma Ellie. And I noticed it, it and my heart dropped really quick because I thought that I wrote grandma in my email to this client and I was like wait a second they changed my name in base camp oh I'm so happy <laughs> so okay so yeah that happened uh thanks guys for you're that. welcome I'll leave it you're though it's, you should it's, it's staying it's the perfect moment oh yeah. I'm so happy mm. all right we were uh, talking about something else so this also makes me think that we should have a I know we did a podcast about blogs but I think there's also we could talk a lot about like all of our different, like we all have a different process for writing. Um, Cause I was going to say, I don't feel like I have like what you said, John, a lot of like tools that I use for writing, but I have a few different like thought processes or stuff like that, that I go through depending on what kind of piece I'm writing that I've like picked up over the years from other writers. So I think that that would be a really good topic as well. Yeah. The, uh, the, to, the to do app that I use before, um, think Rachel ruined that then you further ruined it in base camp uh, uh omni focus they've they've got uh kind of an outlining tool oh, yeah. and uh and, a, and also a writing tool and I, I I tinkered with those but like I said I, I do so little writing I, I I just have to be in the right mindset to do it and I, I don't necessarily need a tool to get me there but yeah I, when I'm when I'm writing something more long form and serious I will try to outline it I'd try to channel my 11th grade English teacher so this is this is how you write a this is how you write an article well, okay so then I, I try to do that. But yeah, it, and maybe Rachel's got some tools that she's already recommended to us that we didn't listen to the first time that she can bring back around and go, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. It's also a possibility. Yes. I So one tool that I did use and I stopped using is Grammarly. Mm. Um, so we can kind of start talking about tools. And I don't know what your guys' thoughts on Grammarly is, but I found um, it's not quite sophisticated enough as – as um, an extension in um, Google Chrome yet, like it'll it'll still be reading a sentence incorrectly and like will be yelling at me that I need to like correct my grammar. And I'm like, I actually don't in this one moment. I don't need to do that. Um, so that was kind of fun. Or like sometimes in our writing, like again, going back to like who you're, this is totally off topic. Maybe I should leave it for another episode but depending on like what you're writing for or who you're writing to like a social media post like a facebook post or an instagram post versus like a blog versus like a white paper there's like a level of there's like a level of correctness to your grammar when you're writing for those pieces um so like obviously you want something to be accessible um sometimes being 
perfectly grammatically correct is not accessible or it's not going to resonate with your audience as much. So, so sometimes you might break a few like grammar rules in order to make your piece more relatable. Yeah, especially so for a lot of our like annoying for Grammarly as well. Yeah, a lot of our clients are that way. It's more friendly conversational than it is. Mm-hmm. This has to be like in a scientific notebook type. So yeah, yeah. Gra- grammar things get really nervous on that. But uh, when I write articles, the, the two times I've written articles in the past uh, three years, I mean, yesterday I wrote the two in the last three years, <laughs> you know, you guys are my Grammarly. So I just, I just count on you to do it. So shout, shout outs to my tools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, okay. I, I feel like we should have Kelly on as a guest at some point for a topic. And I'd be interested to hear her thoughts on this, John, but I feel like grammar ends up being like, dinner etiquette so like the reason that dinner etiquette exists is so that everybody at the table feels more comfortable Hmm. um but like if whatever you're doing for like the rule in etiquette is like if it doesn't make people feel more comfortable then like don't do it and i kind of end up using the same rule when it comes to my grammar again for very specific clients and very specific audiences i'm gonna follow like the grammar rules that are going to resonate the best with my audience and who I'm speaking for um, to make everybody in the room feel the most comfortable. Yeah. So. My, um, my AP English teacher was very much in that camp of like, don't, don't use a, you know, don't use a 25 cent word when a five cent word will do like, or, or don't be, don't use a semicolon just because you know what semicolon when they're, when it looks just fine with a hyphen. Mm-hmm. Like he was very much yeah. MLA was his, instead of APA, he was MLA. Um, you know, he's very much like these, you, these are the rules that you're supposed to follow, but they're only really supposed to be followed when you're doing something, you know, for me or in college. Like if you're, yeah. if you're doing casual writing, even a lot of our clients work, like we said, is casual writing, you know, it's still professional, but it's mm-hmm. casual. Like you don't, you don't need to sound smart by using big words and by structuring sentences and paragraphs the right way. Like sound smart in the ideas that you're trying to push across instead. Yeah, especially if it means that you thought. might alienate. That was a good thought. Like a large, yeah. If you like, an, if you alienate a large group of your audience by doing that, then like, kind of shot yourself in the foot there. So. Right. Anyway, any hoodle. That's my new saying. I like any hoodle. What was what was it I was saying in the team meeting yesterday that made you all want to hang up? Yeet. Yeah, oh, you, yeah. You, well, you yeeted like four times in, in six words. It was a lot. Yeah, we, the, the, we're your, yeeting a lot of things. I don't even yeet, remember what we're supposed to be yeeting. No, your yeet to regular word ratio was way skewed. It was, yeah, that's horrible. It just kind of works in all situations. Does though. it like, though? Yeah. To say yeet. Yeah, you know yeah what? I mean, just, we're yeah. old. Sorry, we're we're old fashioned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we use we use old fashioned words like throw that out, not yeet. Yes, throw that, throw that out. All right, have we talked about okay. any tools yet other than Grammarly? We're no. like tw- and we're 20 like, that's minutes That's not even one that we're <laughs> no. recommending. There's no. one okay. that we say we don't recommend. How about some tools that we do recommend, Ellen? Yes. So moving on to tools that we do recommend, um, we'll see how far, like how many we can get through. And I'd love to kind of talk about like pros and cons of each, like what you guys like about them, what you don't like about mm-hmm. them, and then like good examples of when you use them versus like when you might use a different tool. Um, So the first one I want to talk about is Canva. Um, I feel like Canva has really exploded really like I would say since COVID I've been using Canva since I was in college. I love Canva. Um, It's so great. Mm -hmm. This screen Um, made in Canva. Canva. Yeah. It's just been like exploding more and more. What I love about Canva is that like as they've gotten better and better, 
they haven't taken things away from the free version. They've just added to the paid version. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes when a tool gets really, really popular, what they do is they start like, like just whittling down their, their free version and making it like basically pointless um, and adding everything to the paid. But Canva has kind of done the opposite of that, which I really appreciate because it keeps it accessible for people who, um, you know, can't take the price tag of paying for Canva yet or are just starting to get to use it. Um, and then they also have programs for like nonprofits and for teachers. And I really appreciate um, we, businesses um, that do that as well. Did we talk about what Canva was? Did you mention like Canva is? No, I was no. about to. No, okay, Ellen, sorry. Ellen just bulldozed Go for it. The, the uh, details. Canva is a really great tool that, like Ellen said, it can be free or you can pay for uh you know, more assets. Um, but it's a tool to make really good graphics. You can make quick little videos, um, anything that you might need that look really professional. So that's kind of what she was saying in the beginning, just having a place to create things that look professional, but you don't necessarily have to go through a graphic designer to get. Um, if you are limited by budget or time, if you just need something quick, it's a really great tool just to get in there and make your graphics. As you said that, I felt like a disturbance in the graphic design force mm-hmm. of like, I know every I graphic designer like, oh, up with like oh. yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> no. yeah, it's definitely not like I wouldn't recommend you don't like jump in there and try to create a logo or anything. Yeah, but we like, are not graphic designers. If you just we just need, use a tool <laughs> that yeah. makes us look like, like graphic designers light. Mm-hmm. Like if you need just like a quick little flyer or you just need, um, like a graphic to throw up on social media, Canva is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, like how I it's... Always say oh, go like, ahead, Ellen. Sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Canva is not a replacement for the Adobe suite or like for a graphic designer. Right. But like when you're in a pinch or, you know, like, you know, we create social media graphics for our clients pretty regularly. Um, something that's a little bit lower level, something that we're already working with a brand guide, colors, fonts, and everything, then Canva makes sense. Um, but it's not a replacement for Adobe, but it, it can complement your digital marketing. And and this is more paid version than the free version, but I, I like how you can basically make brands within within Canva. So like a team like ours where we've got 100 and some brands that we're managing. Um, and you can duplicate this. So like this screen I made, and I also made a different screen that looks different that's outside. And I was able to make one and say, that looks great. And then I was able to modify it to look slightly different outside. Same thing for the the slides that run here in the dairy store. I made kind of a two or three or four different templates. And I can use those templates and add different text, different photos. But they all kind of look the same. So it's kind of a, a standard look for all of your brand stuff. And it's all right there. And you can mm-hmm. modify the screen size. So like that's uh, 9, 1920 by 1080. But sometimes there's like a little sidebar on the screen. So I can easily, I mean, I can click a button it automatically modifies it to 1344 by 1080, so it leaves the little side screen in there, and it just scrunches all the graphics together, so it's done. It's not like I have to drag and then move things over and rearrange. Like It, it tries its best to do it without you even doing that. Yeah, and another great thing about it is if you just don't, like if you don't know what size things should be, it has common like Facebook post, Facebook ad, Instagram post that you can choose those options so it'll bring up the right size for your graphic as opposed to knowing oh it needs to be 1200 by 600 or whatever pixels it needs to be um so it's really easy if you aren't in that field to know exactly what size your graphics should be um it's just choosing what type of graphic you're making one thing i would add to that is um depending on how specific you're getting with your graphic um 
sometimes I would double check just like by a, a quick Google search of like what's the pixel like optimal pixel size for this image. Um, so like a good example is like they don't have they don't have a preset pixel size for Google My Business posts and Google mm-hmm. My Business posts graphic. Uh, the pixel size actually just changed um, at the beginning of 2022. So the graphic size that I was using at the end of last year um, is no longer correct. And so, like, I just like to check every now and then to see, like, if the optimal pixel sizes have changed. Um, Another one is that there's a difference in the pixel size for a graphic that you're creating um, on Facebook if it's just going to be a normal image versus, like, a clickable image that goes to your site. Those mm-hmm. are two different different pixel sizes, and Canva defaults to just a, a normal graphic that's not clickable on Facebook. So It's interesting that Canva didn't change that. you think they would, they would show up in their radar and they would change it, which would be one of the benefits of using that tool. Facebook or Google My well, Business? Well, all of them. Like if, if, cause well, they, so Google My Business, they don't have a template size. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I just happened to like check it. Just okay. So you made your own template, which is also nice. Yeah. Right. Um, another thing that's great about Canva, but can also be like not as great is because it's become more popular. They continue to create new templates for different um, graphics, especially for different like um, different events or different holidays going on. Um, so it's a really great place where you can grab something like a good one coming up as Memorial Day. Um, and grab a graphic for um, your client. The other thing about that, though, is because Canva is becoming more popular, what you don't want to happen is for that to show show up on your client and then somebody else's client and then somebody else's client. So it's kind of like, and we're going to talk about this later, some free stock images sites um, that, like, you don't want it to be really, really obvious that you just used a template. Um, So if I do use a template as a starting place, um, I then normally switch out to my client's specific fonts, my client's specific colors. I grab one of their images um, or an image that's going to be more applicable to whatever they're talking about. So, you know, use all that to say, you can use templates as a starting place because, mm-hmm. you know, those templates were created by graphic designers. Um, so they know what they're talking about when it comes to what a design should look like. But then take it and make it your client's own. Don't just don't just regurgitate what's already been created. It's already been pushed out. And stock images is a good example of that. I, um, there was a picture I used of a man and a woman in front of a storefront with like an open sign. I used it in a little bit of advertising that I used to do, and I think I might have had it on a page on the website. And I saw that mm-hmm. same image, the same exact image, not just like from that same set, but that same exact image, uh, one of the chambers that was associated with for a while. They used that same image again and again and again and again. And I was like, every time I'd see it, I'm like, oh, man, I used that image like six years ago, and you're still <laughs> using it? Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, it's tricky, but uh, with our, you know, most of our clients, very rarely, it's, it would be, it would be, um, it'd be bad luck if you found the same exact template being used from one brand to another. Like, it'd be, it, you know, you're talking about Canva has so many templates and like you said, you can customize it. And one, one video slide I made for Young's the other day, it was like a birthday party slide. And I dropped the mm-hmm. image of in there of Scarlett's pretend birthday party, as she calls it, because we did it for a photo shoot for Tourism Ohio. And then uh, they had some animation going on it, but I, I was like, well, I'm going to change it up. So Canva had like, I don't know, several thousand, I'm sure, animations. So I picked a different confetti one, and their confetti was kind of going over the picture. So I made it go behind the picture. You know, I layered it and then changed the fonts mm-hmm. out and then added the Young's logo. And it, you could, if you looked at the base template versus what I did, you could see, oh, okay, you started here and now it's here. But I, I don't think you would see it in a feed and go, oh, they're the, exactly the same. John's just lazy. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, I'm going to keep us rolling because I want to get through at least a few of these tools. Um, so we kind of started to talk about free stock images as well. Um, so there are three different sites that we use pretty regularly for our clients. Um, those are Pixabay, Unsplash, and Pexels. Um, they all three have pretty great images. They all three normally have different images based on the search keyword that you use, which is nice. Um, sort of similar to what we were talking about, though, if you're going to use a template in Canva, if you're going to use an image from these stock sites, keep in mind there are thousands of other people that are using it as well. So, you know, if you've already kind of seen an image somewhere before, try not to use it or like go to the second page or the third page. Um, but they're all three really great sites for images when you're looking for, you know, like a graphic for social media, like we were saying, or you need something for your website. Um, we like all three of them. Are there any others that you guys use or do you just use those three? Nope. I typically stick with Pixabay and Unsplash. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think I've used Pexels a couple of times, but usually I'm going to Pixabay and Unsplash first and usually I find what I'm looking for. I usually use just I just Google image and then I just grab something from the search results. Is that what Get out. Is that what you're supposed to <laughs> do? Out. You're out. Deleted. All right, bye. bye. Absolutely not. Don't do that. That's actually a good point. I think Never we talked about that, that a couple we weeks did. ago we too. Did. Yes, we did. Yeah, don't do that. Um, so if you want to know why, go back and listen to our episode with Rachel two weeks ago. Um, as to why you should never just use a Google image. Goofus, Goofus and Gallant was a favorite of mine in the Highlights magazine. I always pretended that I was Goofus. So, sorry, everybody. Oh, the Highlights magazine. I forgot about Highlights magazine. Yeah, I, I couldn't have. I mean, that's still around, so it's not like I. I only looked at the Highlights magazines when I was at the dentist's office. Yeah, they but it, you know. The same. Well, is that, was that like a thing? Yeah, like you could get a subscription yeah. to it. I, I would get it. No, but I mean, like. Yeah. Ellen, you looked at it oh, at your no, dentist too? Was it like a dentist? Yeah, thing? like. Yeah, well, it was at like all, like, like doctors', doctors offices. Doctors, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, doctors offices. Shout right. out to Doctor Lahey. Yeah, Lahey. Anything else Leahy. about free stock images? Free stock? No, I, 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 I typically go to the the paid versions because I sometimes those free stock ones you you're a lot of landscapes, which is fine for like background images, but yeah. sometimes you'll find something that's actually usable there. But I, I typically go to the, the stock photo for the same reason that I would typically modify a, a template. I don't want to find that I use the same exact image and cropped it the same exact way in, in, in a brand that's similar to mine. The chances are small, but I'd rather just, you know, if I buy something that, that continues to make that percentage even less. Yeah, there have been times where, you know, I've needed an image from there for like a blog post or something, and I have, my searches get crazy. Like my, trying to search for a particular image that I'm looking for, it's really, sometimes can be tricky to find what I want you have to get really creative mm -hmm. with what you're typing in that search bar. And of course, on these sites, they'll also give you options at the bottom for like the iStock search results. And those are always the ones that I want. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I have to just keep looking. That's why those, that's those, those smart Google ads account. people. Go get them off iStock. Do we, well, really? You Look, didn't know this that? This is a whole nother conversation. Oh, Ellie. Oh, <laughs> geez, Grandma Ellie. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, we have, we have like 90 images a month. Yeah. Well, no one told me that. <laughs> Which, so talking, <laughs> another reason to use paid over um, free stock images. So what I find with stock images from those free sites is, one, there are very specific industries that they have created stock images for on those sites that are free. And some um, industries, like, you're just not going to find anything worthwhile. Like, I think a good one is medical. Like, there are, like, two good free stock images for the medical industry the rest you're going to need to pay for. 
Um, another thing, and I find that this is important for I, I, quite a few of our clients, if not all of them, um, is showing diversity, whether that's in their employment base or in their clientele. Um, and the free websites are not really great about showing diversity in human beings at this point in time. Hopefully that will continue to improve. Um, but at least in my experience, we use iStock like we shared um, well, a we lot do. for Ellie clients. <laughs> Ellie will. Grandma Ellie will now. <laughs> um, so we use iStock for our clients' websites um, and for their social media when applicable um, if they don't have their own imagery. And iStock is pretty good about making sure that they're you know, showing a diverse representation of human beings, um, which I appreciate, and so do my clients. I'll, I'll bring you into the fold on stock images. So uh, when you have, whenever you have a face of someone, you have to get a release for that face. So a lot of those images that are f- free are just like someone just learning how to do photography or people that are you know, learning to or trying to get into the model industry. So you, mm-hmm. you'll often find better photos on places that are more professional, like iStock or Shutterstock, mm-hmm. because it's professional photographers and professional models doing doing both at the same time. Because I, I sold images on both both of those two sites. I still do. Not very many, but, I, you know, pictures of cows. Cows can't sell. You're can't. a stock image? Yeah. I'm, no, I'm personally not a stock image, but oh, I sold I sold them. I still sell them. Okay. You know, Jersey cows. Ellie was really looking forward to finding that stock. I, I, like, I think she's right uninvited now. from the podcast. Yeah. These are these these are these are two <laughs> things that I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get over. Um but the like like um you know, like picture uh, pictures of Scarlet, I've got a couple of those on there. Or um even I, I, I got a couple Sunday pictures uh taken off because like there was a logo in a blurred background like they could tell it was a coca-cola mm. logo like way back in the background mm. so that yeah. you're 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 paying a premium at the at the, the paid sites versus the the free sites but there's a reason it's because they're better quality photography absolutely period all right let's go back to um the free tools there are a few extensions um that i wanted to be sure that we shared um mostly because when i shared them with ellie she said and i'm pretty sure i quote this is going to change my life. Have and they, they did. Life, wow. Yes, they sure have. Life-changing tools. Life-changing. So I use I use these every day, I would say. And I'm looking at them right now in my browser, and they're wonderful. They're really great. The first one is the ColorPick Eyedropper this extension is my favorite. in Google Chrome. Um, so you really you click it in your like in your toolbar, and then you can click anywhere on your screen, and it'll tell you the exact hex codes, and then it'll also tell you like the the RGB codes as well for the color. Um, it's just really really beautiful, especially when you're trying to stay on brand um, for your for your brand, and like say you can't find your brand guide, or like say you haven't gone around to putting together a brand guide yet, which you should. Um, that's what you would reach out to a graphic designer for, but it's a really great way to be able to match colors across your brand. Um, it's fantastic. I, so I haven't used that, and I know I've used other color pickers before, mainly like they're just like apps on the Apple App Store. Does it do a good job of like narrowing down like a blend of colors? Because I know like sometimes uh, I'll do a color pick on the Young's logo, for example, and it'll pick a darker mm-hmm. red in one pixel versus a lighter red in another pixel. Does it do a good job of saying average of these it three? It literally... It no, like it breaks. tells you like whatever pixel you are you can, like, specifically pick a pixel. pointing at. Yeah, I'm gonna show it's you. like Do very you know? specific. Well, that that like, oh, so, so um, then that that's what you'd want to be careful of because sometimes you'll if you have a, a image that's not super high resolution, the the yeah. degradation in the image will create four or five different variations of that color. Those are big words mm-hmm. in one sentence. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you okay. grab like the right 
the right red or the right blue. Because you know, if you grab a, this yes. pixel versus this pixel, it's yeah. wrong. But it's also a really great way to be able to double check um, that something is on brand or that you are like pulling the right color. So, for example, I have a client that they put together, um, they gave me their brand guide. And I went to pull the hex number that was listed under a color. And the color is like I could see with my eyeballs was blue. And I grabbed the hex color and it showed up as yellow. Mm. Ooh. Which I realized that whoever put together that brand guide had put to put the wrong hex color, like hex number under the color. You saying they made of copy but, and pasted brand guides and then didn't possibly. <laughs> um, but because I have that, that extension, I was able to just grab the exact hex color by, by hovering over it. And then I double checked it with what was on their website. And I was like, okay, yes, this is correct. We're all good to go. Um, so it's really helpful in those situations as well. Cause you know, sometimes people make mistakes We're human beings. Um, and then we can make sure that we're, we're I, I personally don't, but I know that sometimes oh you gosh. two, you two make mistakes and mm. that's okay. Mm. I support you in your journey. Thanks. I cannot. Any hoodle. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that's sort of similar to color pick eyedropper is show me the styles. Um, so this one I haven't used as much. It's not as like quick as color pick to find the colors, but it does help you figure out what font is on um, on a page. And then it can also help you figure out like the spacing on any page as well. Um, so that's kind of helpful as well when you're trying to like figure out where things need to go or like what a specific font is. Um, that's helpful because I'm not a graphic designer, so I can't just look at a font and be like, oh, yes, I know what that is. I'm constantly um, in conversations with graphic designers like, do you want a serif or a sans serif? I'm like, I don't know. I know one has little lines and the other really one doesn't, you but you, you, you tell me and then I'll go with that. Show me a font and I'll say I like it or I don't. Mm. Yes. Um, the third extension that I wanted to talk about is Screencastify. Um, so I use this a lot when it comes to training our clients. Um, so you can record your screen for up for, to five minutes for free. And let's be honest, if I was recording a process that a client needs to know that's longer than five minutes, no I'm not going to send it to them in a recording. Um, but it's super, super easy, super quick to use. Um, you just like click the button and then it records it. And then it'll open it up in your account and you can edit the video from there. Like you can cut off different parts. You can create little like sections. Um, you can rename it, all that fun stuff. But it's just a really easy way to show somebody something quickly on your screen. Like I'll take a recording of what I'm seeing on my screen if I have an issue with my with a site um, and send it to like John or Sheba. Or like if I'm trying to show Ellie something, a process, I'll record it and send it over to her. Um, so it's even more helpful sometimes internally with your team um, to show them what's going on on your screen. Yes, I love but that. I've asked for free. many a screen recording and my time with Shouted Out Design. How how different is it that uh, to you know like Mac has the inherent preview, like you can you know select an area on your screen and record that? Does it do anything? Are there any features to it that I'm missing out on, or is it just literally recording I've, your screen? I seen the thing on Mac, but I haven't actually used it. So I don't think that Same. I can tell you. So you can do uh it's like function command five, yeah. I think. And I know it like it kind of Yeah, you make a box, you make here. a box and then it records yeah. it. And I, and I some of those screen recording ones, like you can uh it watches your cursor or if it like it kinda like does a little bloop. That's what screen like it there knows when you click on something. So that's yeah. that's that's a little easier because nice. that's the downside of using that is you, you don't you, really you, know where you clicked you or just have to clicked. watch my cursor moving. But yeah, I like that yeah. I like the boop. That's, that's what I like. I like yep. boop. 
We're a little loopy over here, Ellen. <laughs> Too much ice cream. And jet lag. This is this is what jet lag looks like. I get silly time. Um, another one I wanted to talk about. So it's not an extension, but it is something that John showed to me. Um, and it's something that we use when we're designing sites. John showed it. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm bringing in tools. I'm bringing in tools. <laughs> coolers.co john do you want to talk more about what that is yeah i don't know how to say it coolers i think is the way i always coolers. refer to it uh, it's but it's colors but it's with, with an extra o because he couldn't get the so i like i like this one because because uh as we said we're not graphic designers and i'm specifically i'm also a man and so i, I have a bad time like going with this what color goes with this color i'm like i don't know that has nothing to do with your gender has about nothing to do with my gender. I, you know, I'm not saying every man. I'm just saying me as a man. I'm bad at it. So, uh, go, you yeah. know, when Kelly was picking out colors for the new house, uh, you know, she's like, "This beige is going to go with this like slightly other beige and this slightly greenish beige." I'm like, "I love it. I mean, it looks really great." Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds great. So, Move forward. so what Coolers does is uh, it actually also has like an eyedropper tool that you can pick a color, and then um, or you can just make a, a random palette. So like, you go there, it's got a palette generator. And it gives you a random palette to start with. And you say, I like that maroon. So then you can like uh, pause that maroon or lock that maroon in and then hit your space bar and all the other colors change. And then you lock another color and then you hit space bar and all the other colors change. And you Does do it, it like suggest things that typically go well with yeah. that maroon? Yeah, very, very mm-hmm. rarely. Do yeah, you, it's like. Does it cut? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's got some kind of, you know, smart person algorithm in there to nice. say these colors That's go true. with this color. So um, basically what I, what I typically use it for when client gives us, they don't have a brand guide. They've got their logo, which usually has two colors. Let's say it has two colors in it. So I, I, I drop, I pick those two colors and actually has a tool where you can upload an image to it. And it'll pull the hex codes from the colors that are in the image or the logo that you pull in, which is nice. So I put those two colors and I lock them. And then I hit spacebar until I come up with like a dark gray or a black. And that's going to be my font or my footer color. And then I lock that one in and maybe hit a couple more times. After you get past five colors, you're not going to use it. I think we have a couple of brands that have like, here's 12 colors that you're going to use. But you're going to use these three primarily. So I, I really like it because then I can create those palettes and I can save them as a PNG and put them in our Google drive folder for our clients if they don't have their own brand guide. So it's essentially their the, at least the colors part of their brand guide, or I can save it in there um, as a, as a URL and share it with the client and say, here's your brand guide. <laughs> here's the color part of your brand guide. So use it, yeah. use it in the future, please. So I, I've used that tool for a long time and now they've got a paid version, which is like $20 a year. So, cause I've, I've been saving these palettes since I started using it, you know, eight years ago. So I've got all these palettes from clients near and far and there and still and not there. So I've still got I've got lots of palettes in there. Look back with fond memories. What I love about it. Oh, that was a great color scheme I had. What I love about it too is um so like John was saying, we have like kind of a range of clients when it comes to the colors they use for their brand. Um, sometimes we get the clients that they have like two colors um that they use, and then we have clients that they have like six really bright and in-your-face colors and six really bright in-your-face colors is too much for website design and two colors is not enough for a website. So you'll find that you have a color for your text. Like John was saying, you normally have an action color, which is for links or for buttons. And then you'll have, you know, a primary color that you're using in the design and then you'll have like a secondary color and then you'll have like a background color. Um, And those last three kind of end up needing to be a little bit more muted than like say your action color just because that's how design works. Um, And so being able to use this Coolers website, it kind of helps 
us visualize, okay, like what's going to be our action color? What's going to be our text color? And then what's going to complement those um, in order to create the best user experience from a design perspective for a website? Yeah. And it, um, it, it does more advanced things. Like you can do, you know, secondary and tertiary and it shows you a whole grid. And like, if you're going this way, you can make it more flat. So there's, you know, I, I don't use all the, I don't typically don't use all those advanced features. I typically just make five pretty colors and hit save and then move on with my day. Cause that's, <laughs> that's not my job. That's not what I'm good at. So I kind of skip past that stuff. But yeah, that that's it's it's a really a great tool, and even the f- the free version of it is far more than any just small business owner on their own would need. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think y'all, we might get through y'all. <laughs> My uh, Midwest is showing. Um, we might get through the rest of these for free tools, and then we'll talk about paid tools at a Ooh. different time, so we can get onto what grinds these gears. Yeah. Um, so we just have a couple more free things that we wanted to talk about. One of them is, um, for email marketing. So there are like, there are a million and 12 email marketing softwares that you can use, um, with various levels of free and paid. Um, so I say that to say, don't just take our word for it here. Make sure you do your research, figure out what's going to be best for, um, your goals with email marketing. And then, you know, what's just going to work best for you and your team. But we regularly recommend that clients start out with using MailChimp. Um, They have not been, I think, and John, you might be able to talk about this more because you've watched MailChimp progress a lot longer than I have. I Um, I started out in other They're a little baby monkey. (laughs) It's true. Um, But they... um, they started with a free version that did a lot more than I think their free version does now. A lot, a lot of things have moved to behind like a paywall, but their free version is still really good at doing what our clients need it to do at, at the base level, which is send a really pretty designed email to an email list. Um, their free version also allows you to email um, up to 2000 um, different emails, email addresses. So that's really nice too. We don't have a, we have like a handful of clients that have an email list that's more than 2,000, but you know, if you're keeping your email list clean, um, if you're continually updating it, then that's probably going to serve what you need it to serve. And, and MailChimp, start, MailChimp helps you marketing. clean that. You can't speak. That's right. Uh, MailChimp also clean, helps you clean out your list too. So like if you get a, um, if you get a soft bounce on an email so it doesn't get delivered, but uh, email address is still valid, It'll keep it for, I think, three or four soft bounces, and then it'll kick it out. Mm-hmm. But if it's a hard bounce, it automatically boots it out of your list. So it's pretty great. But it's kind of the anti-version of what you said that you liked about Canva, where they don't take away features from the free version. They add features to the pro. It's vice versa. So the free version, it's still it's still always been about 2,000 people, I think. But what they did was they allowed uh, multiple, multiple people to be able to access your account so you could share accounts. It's so like with us. Mm-hmm. So if a brand had an account, they could share us as a user so we didn't have to log in as them, especially when you use two-factor authentication. That's a real, it's a real fun task when you mm-hmm. say, I need you to be by your phone right now within the next 30 seconds to send me that code so I can punch it in. It's not great. It's not great yeah. uh, UX, but that's just the way it is. But they t- they've taken away a lot of the automation, which is what, you know, especially for youngs, we like to I have a lot of, you know, we have birthday club emails, probably, you know, a couple thousand a day go out. So if I had to do that manually, I would not be using MailChimp if that if that would. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they've they've taken away a lot of the features, but it's still. I mean, if you're if you're someone that's just getting started out in email marketing, you don't need, don't necessarily need the the paid version of MailChimp. You mm-hmm. you can send you can have two thousand people on your list, and I believe you're allowed to send more than one of those ten thousand. I think it's, it used to be ten thousand. I think they've even dropped it down to like five thousand. 
But still, like even, okay. even if you say, yeah. even if it's let's just say it's five thousand, that's you can send two emails to two thousand people a month. We don't have any clients that send even the you know the paid version, like clients that have that many. We don't we don't suggest that you send that many email blasts out to that many people. Like you, I'm, well, I'm going to respectfully disagree. It depends on the audience and depends on the no respectfully industry. disagree. How dare you? <laughs> but it, it depends. But I do have a client that has like 20,000 people on their list and they do email them twice a month. But those are segmented, right? It's not just the entire list. Yeah, they're segmented, but everybody on the list gets two emails a month. But all those people have also signed up to get two right. emails a month. They yeah. get a general email and then they get an events-based email. So it's two different, like things that they've signed up for. So, okay, we'll, we'll agree to disagree in the middle. You know, say it's, it's for the most part, if you're just getting started out, you're not sending out 5,000 emails per month. To, exactly, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. the free free version is more than good enough. And Constant Contact is another one. We I typically don't do it just because I've used MailChimp forever. And yeah, I've used yeah. both, and they're both pretty, they're comparable. They're fine. Yeah, yeah. MailChimp's they, UX mm-hmm. was a lot better for a long time because Constant Contact was kind of old and ruddy. But now they, I, I, every once in a while, I'll pop into Constant Contact because we've got a client or two that uses it and it's it's fine it's it, yeah. they're both the same mailchimp is really good though um an example i actually had a friend who called me the other day and she needed to send out an email she had made a video and she needed to send it out to all of their staff and she's like how can i send this she's like can you put a video like in a regular email without it just being a link or in a did i say regular email yeah without it just being yeah. a link and i was like no you can't just like embed the video to play within your your um your email but i was like have you thought about creating something in mailchimp and sending it out that way because though you are going to play the video right within the email it's going to look like it's going to it's going to look like it when they click the play button it's going to take them to the take them to the youtube um link that you have and she did she created it she had never used it before and i walked her through it on the phone in the matter of like 20 minutes just setting it up and getting her email created and then she was able to um, load all of her contacts, and I think she had, and she just just obviously did the free version. She had, I think, like twelve hundred contacts, wow. uh, one thousand mm-hmm. or something. Um, school district, so it was a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Generally, like, happy people when they get an email. Yeah, and they uh, <laughs> it was like a thousand people, and she sent it out, and it was it was lovely, and she it. It's funny because she was like, oh, man, I forgot to change like that it was from the HR department, not from me. Mm. And then she was like, oh, my gosh, the whole thing bounced. It's like a blessing. I'll change it and then resend it. <laughs> it didn't send it all. That's great. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing like That's just awesome. didn't send for some reason. And so she redid it. And no, it was really good. So it was it's very user friendly. Like I said, she had never used MailChimp before and she was able to get that email sent out fairly quickly. All right. So, well, good. Yeah. yeah. Last one I wanted to talk about and then we'll get on to what grinds grandma ellie's gears it's probably that Medicaid. the workers keep on calling her grandma ellie <laughs> no it's that my but, hair is gray um, and i'm not even 30 yet that's what grinds my gears okay continue <laughs> the last one i wanted to mention is really one that um i would say most digital marketers know about um but the general public don't know about it um so scheduling social media channels in advance became really popular i would say like 2014, maybe a little bit earlier than that, um, when those really started to like take off. Um, and most of them are either very limited or you have to pay a lot of money in order to schedule your social media posts in advance. Um, but something that 
like I said, the general public doesn't know is that Facebook has its own post schedule scheduler for businesses where you can schedule all of your posts in advance um, for Facebook and Instagram. Um, so you have to do a little bit of digging for it now. I think I talked about this two weeks ago. You have to do a little bit of digging if you've switched over your Facebook page to the new um, to the new format. Um, but then you can choose, you know, if you want to schedule it for Instagram or Facebook or both, you can um, specify what the posts are going to look like for both of those channels. Um, and then it's all right there in the Facebook app. So you don't have to worry about the connection failure that you sometimes have with these other um, social media schedulers like Buffer or Sprout. Um, it's just already good to go already in the channel. Um, and it's also really helpful if you want to schedule videos in advance, things like that. Um, so if you are currently using or paying for a social media scheduler and you're just using Facebook or Instagram or you're paying for extra spots so that you can have Facebook and Instagram in there, I want to let you know you don't have to. You can just do it directly through the Facebook app. And it's free today. It's kind of like Google. Facebook is always trying to find ways to monetize things. So it's free today. might not be free tomorrow, but you can yeah, use it today. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, you know, it's, gotten, it's gotten so much better over the past couple of years because yeah. it used to be, you know, I mean, when they first announced that you were able to schedule posts on Facebook, it was horrendous. It was not good. And it, never, it yeah. never worked. But, you know, now it's it, you know, it shows you previews of, like, what it's going to look like on a desktop and a phone and an iPad. And then you can cross post to Instagram the same thing, which we don't always recommend, but sometimes it's easier just to get it done that way. Uh, schedule things out in advance, duplicate things pretty easily. The the UX is is really nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, we're going to get into a Lord Zuckerberg conversation, but I, I don't I don't think that they would. I don't know if they would monetize those tools because they work so hard to get people away from using Hootsuite and Sprout. And mm -hmm. So if yeah. they if they all said, "Yeah, cool, I'm glad you like our tools," now it's five dollars a month. I think I think they prefer the other method of trying to get small business owners to pay on Facebook, which is I'm gonna, I'm, I'm only going to show your post to about two percent of your crowd until you tell you pay me for it. I, I that's uh, that's so much of an easier way for them to make money for it. Yeah, yeah I really even schedule like oh, go ahead. Oh, 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 sorry. You can even schedule like Instagram and Facebook stories in advance as well, mm -hmm. which is really nice. Right. So like, you know, all the different posts that you can usually create on Facebook, you can schedule in advance and you can also schedule posts in advance for groups. So if you're like Ooh. managing a group or something for your audience, um, it's a little bit different. You go into the group and you actually create the post and then you'll see that there's an an option in the bottom right to schedule in advance. Um, so it's not quite as clean cut as like scheduling your calendar in advance for your business or organization, but you can do that as well, which is really nice. Oh, helpful, helpful hints from Miss X. Not Miss X. Uh, uh, from my, uh, from my thumb holes. He's done that all day, I feel I, like. Did I'm you, not doing a good job with names today. Yeah, no, I've been, I've been Ellen a couple times. You've been Ellen. No, I just said her last name instead of yours. It's, it's, uh, I'm, it's, I'm tired. it's okay. He's tired. He didn't get in until 1130, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Old, Poor thing. Old soft hand senators really got me shaking today. <laughs> No, I really, I love the, um, I actually really like the the Facebook post scheduler. I have never had any issues with it. And I do use, I use it for Instagram, Facebook. I have clients that we, I schedule out stories. It's really, it's nice for that too. I've scheduled their Instagram stories that way. Um, and what's really nice too is it shows it to you, which you get this in other tools as well, but it's nice that you can have a look at all of your posts for the month. It'll put it in a nice looking calendar for you. So you know what's coming up and say like, say you want to be active on your social media at least once a day. You can say like, oh, I don't have anything going out on Thursday. Maybe I should put a post together. 
Um, or if you do like, if you're doing like things every Thursday, like a throwback Thursday, every Thursday and you notice, oh, there's a blank spot. We need to get something for, for next week. Um, it's really nice. It just lays it all out there for you. Um, the one thing though, that I will say, I have noticed sometimes for whatever reason, and it's only happened, I mean, a handful of times, if that, um, you, the post that you have scheduled won't actually post, there's an error with it. Hmm. Um, and it doesn't notify you unless I'm mistaken and that it does, but sometimes it'll just say like this post wasn't scheduled or wasn't this scheduled post wasn't posted and I'll notice it when I go in to schedule more posts and so it doesn't actually notify you though unless i mean like i said i want to say that um, would be in the notifications probably, that might be yeah that might be like your notification settings for each business so yeah. like all of our business accounts are like their notifications are connected to my personal account so i get notified about mm -hmm. all of them so i turn them all off which is one of the nice things about the new format for business pages because you'll be switching profiles so like i won't get notified about my clients while i'm just like you know trying to look at my news feed um but yeah i'd look at what your notification settings are for that page yeah um i did have like like john was saying it used to not be all that great i used to get posts that would fail left and right like four or five years ago mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, in the it doesn't last really happen. Years, I haven't been an issue. I think I've had it, it happen happens like with twice. videos every now and then. Yeah. Have you seen? Is that the one? Yeah. So keep yeah, an eye out for your videos. videos. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that like um like what Ellie was saying like things to keep an eye on because you know none of these tools are perfect. They're all continuing to grow and change. Um, one of the things they've recently implemented is like a a post time recommendation. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like, Oh, you know, like at 8 PM on a Tuesday, you should post. Cause that's when most of your people are on Facebook. Here's the problem. Every single one of my clients seems to have people that are busy and on Facebook at 8 PM on a Tuesday. Right. So I haven't done like a deep dive into how they're figuring that information out, which I'm guessing they haven't shared that either. Um, mm -hmm. But keep in mind that that might just be like a little bit of a, marketing ploy from facebook i don't know how legitimate it is um, used to be able i to highly doubt you, i'm sorry you used to be able to see in page. your page insights when people would interact with your page so yeah i mean obviously they've got the information they've got all the information so you think they would give and you it an doesn't accurate, match is the problem right and I, I i disagree with their i disagree with their times all the time i think and i think rachel would i don't think rachel pays attention to those either and mailchimp does the same thing they'll say you know this is the ideal yeah. time and i'll say no it's not you know it's like it's oh it's in at yeah. 7 p.m I know if I send it 7 p.m., I'm going to get a 5% less open rate minimum yeah. if I send it to 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. you know, just because my, my people aren't typically checking their email at 7 a.m. doesn't mean when I send them the email at 7 a.m., they won't open it. So I know when my people so, – but it's just a matter of you know, social media, knowing email, yeah, knowing your audience. I mean, Facebook technically has um, – they have all the information, but it, it behooves them to tell you kind of what they want you to do too. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like – we talk about this with Google, like sometimes they show you the analytics that like are the most beneficial to them because right. they're a business and they can do that because it's their tool. Speaking of grinds my gears, let's not get into Lord Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? Ellie, what grinds your gears? All right. I got to figure out a way to say this uh -oh. without sounding like super complaining, but okay. And this goes for both sides or even just in your everyday life. So nothing too specific here, but... When expectations aren't set at the beginning of a relationship, whether that's personal or professional uh, with you and your client, 
because it leads to so much frustration down the road. So if you aren't setting the right expectations of how, so business related, how um, what I'm doing for you is going to be laid out. And some one party usually ends up getting taken advantage of in that situation, I feel like, because one person thinks this isn't what we agreed to. And the other person thinks like, well, it was never specified. So I'm going to just keep pushing and doing this and this. So I think it's very important to upfront if you are entering into any kind of relationship, like I said, professional or personal, to set expectations of what communication is going to look like, what uh, the work I'm doing for you is going to look like on a weekly or daily basis, um, how often you can expect me to be in communication with you, and so on. Thoughts? (laughs) I have so many thoughts on that. So actually, I'm going to... I'm going to use an example from Tim and I's premarital counseling before I get into work. But um, one of the things that our premarital counselor said, which is also one of our best friends, shout out to Zach Mays um, and his wife, Brittany. Um, But one of the things he said, he used to be a counselor um, before he became a pastor. That's way too much information. But he got this from his counseling days is that he said, you know, most fights in your marriage are going to come from differing expectations. Um that like basically you have in, a, in your mind what a situation is going to be or what a conversation is going to be. And then Tim has a different set. Um, and then because they're different, that's where the fight kind of comes from. Um, and I would say that's basically been pretty true throughout most of our relationship. We'll get kind of heated and then we'll be like, hey, wait a second. I think we just have differing expectations from this conversation. Um, so and then I feel like that ends up being the same in with our clients as well. Um, so we have, we offer a lot of different services at Shout Out Design and some of them take, um, you know, more of our time than others, um, depending on what it is. And so like that's built into whatever the service is going to be. Um, but if there's not a clear presentation of what that time investment is going to be, um, from us, um, and then received by the client, then, you know, we can get six, seven months down the road and, you know, either the client thought, you know, like they're going to have full access to us or they thought like, you know, oh, I'm only going to hear from them every now and then. Um, but we find that like our expectations are differing from like either a time perspective or a communication perspective. Um, and that's something that like we're just, again, continuing to receive feedback from our clients and learning and growing and changing our services um, based on that feedback. But it's really important, especially when you're working with a big team or with people who um, like aren't directly under you at your company so like you're working with an agency like what we were talking about a few weeks ago that you're just very clear on Mm -hmm. what the expectations are for communication for time investment um for end product for um you know tracking your metrics tracking your goals all that fun stuff yeah um and if you don't know then just ask yeah like don't just assume just ask yeah, when you, you, Ellen, you, you, you uh, it's probably a month or so ago, you were having a personal conversation about expectations in your life between you and Tim. And I think that helped me kind of put a perspective, you know, me and Kelly are old, old hats being married. Like, it was, you know, but that, that, that's funny because I, I think communication is the, 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 the thing there. Like, if, if your expectations aren't being communicated and their expectations aren't being communicated, there's going to be a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Even, if the, even if the expectations are within, like, 5% of each other. Yeah. Like, if I think mm-hmm. we're going to, you know, go out to eat twice a month and she thinks we're going out to eat 12 times a month, 
even in the middle, we're both going to be unhappy with that. But if we talk about it, we can probably come to a compromise or, you know, or not be married. But <laughs> the, the, but the same, same with, yeah, same with work. I mean, we get, you got to, people come in with different expectations of what we're going to be like based on their prior experiences, based on other agencies that they work with or other people they've heard of saying, well, I've had a bad experience with website designers, so I'm just going to build my website, website on Squarespace. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's an unfair characterization of all website designers. Are there some bad ones? Mm -hmm. Are there some bad digital agencies? Yep. But are all of them bad? No. And, and of course, we're not the white knights of any of these things. We feel that we're pretty good. Our clients agree with you know that our summation that we're pretty good at yeah. what we do. So, but we still need to set clear expectations with our clients and say this is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to get it done. There might be some you know things that happen along the way that don't go as expected. But here is our expectation of how things will get done, how things are going to get to the finish line, and then we're going to communicate with you all along. So if those expectations have to change. You're aware of it. It's not a surprise. It's not hey, surprise! Your website's not going to be done until uh, next July. Yeah. Or there was uh, shoot, what was it? There was oh, it's um, Boeing, the airplane company. So th- it was an article about how uh, previous administration had kind of drilled them down on a price for these these planes, and that that agreement that they're bound to because U.S. government, you don't really get out a lot of U.S. government deals. Um, their plane, their new 747s that they were going to create, it's like another 10 747s. They were supposed to come out in 2024. They're not going to come out until 2026, maybe 2027. Could you imagine missing the the finish line for a client like the U.S. government by two at best years, two years at best? Stressful. Ooh, wow. Yeah, that was that's what the the article is. It was the CEO going, "We've made some mistakes." <laughs> We've entered into some agreements that we probably shouldn't have, but here's where we are, yeah. and this is how we're going to get out of it. So I, you know, appreciate that part of it, but you, you got to manage expectations all along, and don't get into situations where you're unsure or you you think it's going to be this way, and it's it's really not. You know, communicate all the way through. And if you are in a situation where you are the client, don't be afraid to talk about your expectations. So. Uh, yeah, as a business, we need to convey our expectations. But if you have different expectations, if you say, I want my website done by November and give us the opportunity to say, like, we can do that or we can't do that, then it'll mm-hmm. eliminate any frustration for you down the road. So, you know, if you if you don't mm-hmm. if you have in your mind, like if you if you tell us like, oh, you know, just get the website done as soon as possible. But really, you have like a, a June deadline and we don't make that by June. You're going to be frustrated and we aren't going to know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't let me know that your expectations were different when it's an irreconcilable difference. Uh, we've had those yeah. we've had those situations. Yeah. Of they're saying, well, we expect it to be done by this, and well, you didn't tell us that, mm-hmm. and you didn't tell us that until now when it's unfixable. Mm-hmm. Like I can't go back in time and do different work or do better work or have more people do work. Like I can't fix this now. So we're both unhappy because you put me in a place where I can't make you happy, mm-hmm. and you're never going to be happy even if I turned around and did it today because you were disappointed that it didn't get done today, but you didn't tell me that. It's true. I actually so like a very real example of how shout out design has started to change our process based on this experience over and over so we'll get pretty regularly like what ellie said of like oh like whenever when like that's not true they actually do have a date in their mind um or um we end up with a situation where a part of the project really rests on the client providing us with something something um and then that ends up 
you know, taking up most of the expected timeline. And then the client's expectation is still that, you know, their site or their Facebook calendar or whatever is going to be live, like at the same time, which just, it's not, it's not feasible. Um, so something that I have started to do, particularly with website projects is, um, we have sort of like an internal timeline goal of different parts of the project. So like within the goal of a site going live, there are a lot of other smaller goals that need to be completed along the way. Um, so while I had that in my mind, I never really shared it with the client. What I've started doing is sharing these kind of goal timelines with a client with like this end goal idea of when the site is going to go live. Um, and keeping in mind, like I, I, I set the expectation that, you know, these are, these are, this is what we're shooting for. There are unforeseen circumstances that mean that those might change. And I'm going to do my best to keep you informed on if those are going to change. But it really helps make sure that we are on the same page when it comes to the expectation of when their site is going to go live. And then it also sets the expectation of what each of us need to bring to the table. Um, because your website is not something that like you can just hand over to a designer or developer and have them build without any input from you. If that is what you're looking for, then um, you need to do some more research before you build your site. And you need to do some, some reorganization of your priorities. Um, because it's definitely something that you're going to be in high communication with, one, whoever's writing the content for your site, and two, whoever's building your site slash maintaining it. Um, so keep in mind that, you know, most of the time your developer can only go as fast as you can. Um, and I, I keep in mind that my clients, a lot of the time when they're coming to me with a website design project or a Facebook campaign or an ads campaign, they still have 40 hours worth of work on top of this new project. That's yeah, been put work, on work, not so, like work with us work. Yeah. Yeah. So keep, so keep in mind that when I, when we're putting together these timelines, again, Specifically with Shout Out Design, it might look different with a digital, different digital um, marketing company. But I'm putting together that timeline based on how involved I think that you're going to be able to be, how much time I think you're going to be able to give me. Um, and you can always come back to me and say, like, you know what? Like, we've actually specifically carved out that I'm going to have a lot of time for this. Like, we can move this up. It can be faster. Or you can say, you know what? The fall is going to be really, really busy for me. Um, so if we could actually extend this a little bit, I think that that's going to be better. Mm -hmm. So um, it's always a communication um, balance. It's always a conversation. And just just ask the question. Um, I think we've talked about this a few times that, like, there's there's kind of a huge shift just in corporate America in general in the last few years. Um, and one of them is just like, have open communication. Like there's really not a stupid question, um, especially when you're asking us because you don't live in the world that we do. So how could we expect you to know everything? If you did, you wouldn't need to hire us. Right. Um, so ask the question, have communication, ask for a phone call if need be, just make sure that you all are on the same page um, and then give grace. Because like I, like we've been saying, like we're all human beings. We're going to give you grace when you get slammed with something else that needs to be a higher priority at your job. And, you know, you don't get to whatever we needed you to get to. Um, and so then, you know, when something unforeseeable comes up on our end and we communicate it as well as we can, then just, you know, return that grace. That would be really great. Well said. Thank you. And well screamed in the background. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's oh. coming through. The mic. You can't, yeah. Is that coming through can to the mic? Can you hear it? I heard it a little bit. Yeah. There's a baby having yeah. a problem with the chocolate milkshake out there, I believe. <laughs> See, just, just differing expectations. 
yeah, I think that the baby, baby expected to have it all immediately or all down the front if it's anything <laughs> like my baby was. So, all right. Well, shout out to Youngs for the. We'll, we'll do a, a visual a visual plug. Shout out to Youngs for Youngs. the uh, space. Oh, hey, Youngs gets all all screens. Look at that. Get that briars awesome. out well, of here. Thank you all for joining this week. This was so much fun. Good conversation. We will discuss the paid um, tools that we like at some point down the road, but I feel like you know everybody likes free, so I'm mm-hmm. glad that we got to all the free tools that we like. Maybe we'll, we'll put that on our them. maybe we'll put that on our Patreon. So when people pay us for this, <laughs> they, get they to can hear listen the to the paid version. versions. <laughs> they can pay more pay, pay more yeah. later. Love it. All right. Oh. Oh. Time to go. Oh. oh, oh time to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My ice cream melted. No, so did ours. I, was, I wasn't about to eat one of these mega scoops of ice cream. I am going to. Look at that. Mine's still kind of frozen in the middle. Thanks for listening to Oh, Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shout It Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati-based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes.